We got real news for you. Politics and culture and entertainment too. From a Marxist point of view. So open up your holes and loop up for the news. Hey everybody. Hello. Welcome to the bridge. How's it going? It's going well. How are you doing there, Mr. Pat? I'm doing fantastic. Cool. Um, you sound a little muffled. Uh, could be the mask. I'll take it's, that off. It's probably that you're wearing a bone mask <laughs> for our news segment. <laughs> interesting. I won't choice. wear the bone mask. It's 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 an interesting choice. Uh, mm-hmm. You might you should maybe drill it out so you have a little more. A little bit more. Uh, uh, they can hear my voice better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You sound a little muffly. Is all. I don't. I typically don't do a lot of talking when I wear the bone mask. That's fair. You most, the bone mask. The bone mask only comes out. Yeah. Mm, yeah, it only comes out. You know, specifically when I'm um, meeting and greeting with the members of the Supreme Court. Right. Right. And meeting, uh, there's not a lot of talking meeting. going on. No. <laughs> Less talking, more chopping. Yes. Yep. So, in the news this week, um, this is from uh, the Wall Street Journal, uh, Wagner boss planned to capture top Russian defense chiefs. I don't know if you've been hearing about this. You probably heard a thing or two oh, about yeah. the, uh, the Russian coup. Um, a little bit. Yeah, a thing or two. Uh, let's, let's, let's dive in here. Uh, this one is by uh, Rob Pachetta. So, Wagner leader... Uh, Yevgeny Poroshkin planned to seize two top Russian military officials when he launched a short-lived mutiny on Saturday, the Wall Street Journal reported on Wednesday, citing Western officials. Which, first off, I don't know if we should really trust Western officials. That no. usually means CIA agents. And uh, Yeah, this this whole thing felt like another like Bay of Pigs type situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't be that surprised. In, like, yeah. And if it wasn't, why don't we make it one? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. this guy is obviously dissatisfied with his job. He can obviously yeah. be bought off, and he has, like, fucking, you know, a lot of military power. So, Oh, yeah. Oh. So it says, um, Proshkin's plot involved the capture of Defense Minister Sergei uh, Shoigu and top... Army General Valery Gerasimov when the pair visited a region along the border of Ukraine, the Wall Street Journal wrote. Russian Federal Security Services, FSB, learned of the plot two days before it was due to take place, forcing Poroshkin to change his plans at the last minute and launch a march towards Moscow instead, according to the report. Wagner mercenaries took control of a key military base in the Russian city of Rostov-on-Don, and his troops were approaching the Russian capital when Poroshkin called off his mutiny. When asked about the Wall Street Journal reports, two European security sources, so NATO CIA, um, told, probably just CIA, let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah, um, or like M6 or whatever the British equivalent is. Uh, They told CNN that while it was likely Poroshkin would have expressed a desire to capture Russian military leaders, there was no assessment as whether he had a credible plan to do so. There's also been speculation about the role of uh, senior Russian commanders as the mutiny got underway on Friday night. The New York Times, uh, citing U.S. officials who said they were briefed on American intelligence. So U.S. officials who had said were briefed on American intelligence. So third-hand information... Probably from a mm-hmm. dumbass senator who was told by the CIA. Yeah. Real 
real great information. But anyway, they reported that the commander of the Russian Air Force, uh, General Sergei Sorovakin, uh, had advanced knowledge of Poroshkin's plans to rebel against Russia's military leadership. And this is uh, one of the guys who's like um, one of the top leaders of the um, the kind of defensive that they're putting on that seems to be pretty successful right now. So mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of wondering like how much he was involved in because he did apparently uh, publicly condemn um, Poroshkin for uh, the attempted coup. But at the mm-hmm. same time, a lot of people think that might he might have done that just to like do cover for him. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't know. Um, uh, Sorovkin uh, appealed to Poroshkin to halt the mutiny soon after it began in a video message in, that made it clear he was siding with Putin. When asked about uh, the New York Times story, Kremlin spokesman Dmitry Peskov said, There will now be a lot of speculation and rumors surrounding these events. I believe this is just another example of it. It? Okay. Um, One European intelligence official told CNN that there were indications that top Russian security officials had some knowledge of Poroshkin's plans. By the way, I I tend to believe they've only said there were two people in any one source here so far. I'm going to say there's only two sources for this entire thing. They're CIA Mm -hmm. agents who operate out of Europe, and so they can call them European and U.S. intelligence officials, since technically Mm -hmm. they are. Um, So one European intelligence official told CNN that there were indications that top Russian security officials had some knowledge of Poroshkin's plans and may not have passed the information about them, preferring instead to see how it played out. Quote, they might have known and they might have not told about it or known about it and decided to help it succeed. There are some hints there might have been prior knowledge. Mm. So that that's that's a sentence that says absolutely nothing. They might have known and not told or known about it and decided to help it succeed. So he's basically saying they either knew about it or they didn't, which is yeah. like, that's that's great. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. Uh, so even after the mutiny failed, Putin's uh, prestige has been dented, the official said. Quote, if that's what factions wanted, then that is what they got. And I will say, like, if anything, in the West at least, this is shown their politics to be very unstable and maybe mm. you know maybe we should exploit that yeah i mean if if we're going to use our cia against anybody why aren't we doing it against russia use uh, it again well, i mean i mean i don't think i don't i don't i don't think like necessarily i don't think we should have a cia at all no but i'm saying if we have a cia instead of directing all those resources to taking down people like socialists in in the global south mm-hmm. why, why not instead lead a coup against russia a much actual much much more realistic existential threat i mean i think that's the that's the point like they want to do brinksmanship with mm-hmm. uh russia and eventually like bring about another war <laughs> oh it's the, the the saber rattling at each other yeah it's that's mm-hmm. what keeps the military industrial complexes for both countries going and mm-hmm. now we have a nice little proxy war for the both of us yay yay <laughs> <sighs> so um victor volatov the director of russia's national guard claimed monday that senior russian officials knew of Poroshkin's plans for a rebellion because people close to the Wagner boss had leaked them. 
Russian state mm. media agency TAS reported, then why didn't it's so weird that they didn't do anything about it and instead hoping to see how it played out. Like Yeah. Because like it's it's a it's a PR nightmare for one. Like this mm-hmm. makes Russia look weak. This makes Putin look incredibly weak. Like the fucking um uh, a peace had to be negotiated uh, between them by I think like the president of Belarus, Lukashenko, mm. which is like what? That guy's guy like no material power. What's he doing? Fucking, you know. Yeah. Being the the peacekeeper between these two. So um, earlier this week, CNN reported that USS intelligence officials gathered a detailed and accurate picture of Poroshkin's plans leading up to his short-lived rebellion, including where and how Wagner was planning to advance. So they just knew about it and didn't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Like, come on! Like, what? <laughs> what? What good are our intelligence services for? They're just collecting information that journalists figure out anyway. Yeah. Like, I, I, I want some real statecraft here. Like, <laughs> if if you're gonna do any, like, come on! Like, either like have a fucking position, U.S. We're mm-hmm. also like sitting on the sidelines watching it play out. I I want I want something cool. I I want uh, you know. I want us to like either fully condemn them and help bomb them, or uh, help bomb Russia. You know, <laughs> it's 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 to that point now. I'm tired of this news cycle. We need to yeah. We need to take a side besides on Ukraine. Yeah, I am. I am just like, it, it does feel like something that they're forcing us to care about, yes. and really has nothing to do with us. And I would. And and tried to make us like have like some emotional connection to this war, like they were doing with Afghanistan for so no, long. No, it like, should be a series of blockades and economic sanctions. And other than that, we should keep the fuck out of it. Yeah, like obviously, what Russia is doing is some bullshit. But at mm. the same time, if you're just gonna say that like NATO expansion and aggression has no part whatsoever to play in it, you're really missing missing the forest for a very very specific tree mm-hmm. because i mean this, this is something that anyone could have seen coming since basically 2014 yeah and uh you know people have been talking about it for quite a while like why are why is nato trying to expand when basically that's the one thing putin said that could like lead to the brink of war mm-hmm. is nato expansion up to russia's border Mm-hmm. Which is exactly what we're talking about doing now. So it's like, I don't know. You know, it's just going to be it. We we have to have something that we uh, launder money through, yeah. um, and this is this is the thing. Well, that's this that's is, the thing. That's why, and people don't realize like that's the best way to do business if it's an illegal is through weapons because. How are you going to account for weapons that get destroyed? Mm-hmm. You know, they could get lost. They could get destroyed. They could have just never been made in the first place, which is, yep. you know, probably a lot of what it is. I, I, I do not really believe there are as many weapons in the world as they say are produced. Yeah. And what better way to use American tax dollars to go towards shady statecraft than, than the next the next thing the next war the next the next like you know like, fun, like we have to funnel all of the um you know all of our american dollars over there for who knows what you know uh national but, defense and intelligence is what they say mm-hmm. yep pretty used cool. for literally anything 
anything. Yeah, I mean, you know, fucking last time they did an audit on the uh, the fucking Pentagon, they were missing a couple trillion dollars. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I, I, I was listening to someone in the military try to explain this. And they said something to the tune of like, it was, it was insane. I felt insane listening to them because they mm-hmm. were like, we're not, the Pentagon is not missing two trillion dollars there are just things that the Pentagon has bought uh, like material assets that to the tune of two trillion dollars that we can't account for or place mm-hmm. and I'm like what's the difference then like yeah. you're just saying you have two trillion dollars worth of things and you don't know where the fuck they are mm-hmm. so yeah failing an audit is saying that yeah we, we don't know what, what the fuck we did waste that money because, like, mm-hmm. how are you going to use something if it's not accounted for anywhere? Yeah. You probably don't have it anymore, and if you do, it's unusable because it's not accounted for. They don't, they don't even have to make uh, 9-11 happen anymore to make trillions of dollars disappear. No, definitely not, no. Yeah. They, they don't have to even destroy the uh, SEC building in Tower mm-hmm. 7. Yeah. No, they can just... I mean, the SEC is like the SEC does fucking anything these days anyway. Like, mm-hmm. Elon Musk is still out there, like, tweeting with impunity about his fucking stock numbers and, like, <laughs> artificially inflating and deflating the price. Mm-hmm. Uh, disgusting. Uh, disgusting. Anyway, uh, let's finish this bad boy out here. Poroshkin's spectacular falling out with Moscow's high command appears to have stemmed from a decla- uh, declaration by the Russian Ministry of Defense that it would employ Wagner's contractors directly, which isn't good for Wagner because he makes money off the top there, you know? Mm. So the move would essentially have dissolved Poroshkin's lucrative operations in Russia. Uh, Poroshkin arrived in Belarus Tuesday, uh, the country's president, Alexander Lukashenko, said. Uh, He's the guy who um, uh, negotiated this peace between uh, him and Putin. Uh, So Mm. Russia says... Uh, no, we already said that. Cool. Yeah, so that's where we're at with that right now. Um, it's it's a it's a big shit show, but mm. I don't know. I feel like that was a missed opportunity for for the U.S. Like, if we're actually going to do anything interesting, maybe. Oh yeah. Maybe we should actually do something instead of, I don't know, continuing a forever war. Mm. With no real decisive action other than send them more weapons. <laughs> like it's 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 so disingenuous to be like proxy wars are incredibly disingenuous in my opinion. Like yeah, like we're sending a ton of weapons overseas in order to kill and be killed. Like we're extending a war. We're not trying to help them sue for peace in any way. You know, we're not doing anything in any international criminal court or anything. Like mm-hmm. the only thing we're actually trying to like you know, uh, sanction them are, like, the things that they're, like, directly against, like NATO and to to some degree the UN. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, it's, a, it's a waste of our money, I think, sending all those weapons over there. And, like, the thing, too, is, like, what's, what's, the, what's Russia's endgame? Like, I don't... I think Russia's endgame is basically take back over the material resources of Ukraine and make all of their people Russian, mm-hmm. which, you know, okay. Like, they, they don't have, like, uh, a political autonomy and freedom anymore, but at the same time, they are historically Russian, and there's historically many parts of there that 
that are Russian. Like mm-hmm. the Cri- Crimea is like historically heavily like Russian, and a lot of people there speak Russian in lieu of, mm-hmm. of Ukrainian. So I don't know. It's it's a lot more complicated than anything we think. And like being that the U.S. is so fucking colonialist, we really have no right to judge anybody here. Like oh yeah, we, I mean I don't think we actually even care. It's just another opportunity for oh yeah for forever yeah. yeah 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 uh, mil- military for for, make, for making for making money for yeah to make money Raytheon baby <laughs> yeah you gotta you gotta get Raytheon their their money somehow I don't know yeah. what they fucking have on like they probably just have like a file on every single president they probably make every president suck a dude's dick. And oh, on, on video, right before he gets sworn in, <laughs> like, yeah, because there's no other way that I, I don't understand why every single politician prioritizes Lockheed Martin, Boeing, Raytheon, mm-hmm. like these weapons contractors, as they're as though they're like I don't know American institutions. And I mean, I guess yeah. they are very deeply American institutions, but in the worst way possible. Mm-hmm. Like they're everything that is wrong with America and kind of the world. Oh, absolutely. Like, um, I, I think was it like Bill Hicks has a uh, has a bit where he talks about like every, whenever uh, there's a new president, they sit him in a room and then show him um, uh, a video of the JFK assassination from a from a uh, an angle you they've never seen before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And and like and sh- and that you know and and then they they close it and they stop it and they like okay any questions and then <laughs> <laughs> you know just like I, you I know. wouldn't be entirely surprised like there yeah. was a certain turning point after JFK in which I feel like intelligence services really took over who runs America mm-hmm. and I mean you see it like you see it with like the very weird and like sometimes duplicitous decisions that like foreign leaders make to are not foreign leaders but uh like the president makes especially in order to make interventions into places we absolutely don't fucking belong mm-hmm. you know Le- uh, libya syria fucking vietnam uh i mean i guess the korean war was pre that but like yeah mm-hmm. there's just like a, a ton of places that were i don't know almost ideologically i think off limits uh, because, you know, the last war with a real righteous indignation was World War II, and we hit the fucking jackpot as a country in World War mm. II, you know? We, oh, yeah. We fucking... It, ideologically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, ideologically and financially. Like, the mm-hmm. U.S. benefited more than anybody from World War II mm. uh, in in a place where we were, like, the world leader, the, the de facto world leader until this this decade. Like mm-hmm. right now, basically, we're finally mm-hmm. seeing the end of American Empire, which is pretty, pretty neat. I feel like it peaked in the '90s, though. Yeah, honestly, we are. I mean, every, all the decisions they're making now seem to be out of desperation and <laughs> just like, oh, okay, we're at, we're in the end times. We need to like, you know, try to like buckle up and and try to find some other people to blame for uh, the the uh, societal ills and everything else. Mm-hmm. indeed all right empire in decline and yep empire circling the fucking toilet i I had a toilet effect that i was gonna play no 
Here we go. <laughs> That's better. All right, let's move on here. Uh, so, uh, yesterday, the Supreme Court ruled affirmative action in college admissions is unconstitutional. Mm-hmm. And today, uh, deciding uh, you can discriminate against gay people. Anyone yeah. in the LG- LGBTQ plus. Uh, on- only employers can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they got to refuse service. Right, right. So, yeah, yeah. employers and businesses now, are they're saying. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's still illegal, I think, if you're maybe if, if for like housing. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so let's get into this. Uh, the Supreme Court has rejected race-conscious race admissions in higher education, overturning more than 40 years of legal precedent. The ruling in two cases, one involving Harvard University and the other University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, hands opponents of affirmative action a major victory. The decision reversed decades of precedent upheld over the years by narrow court majorities that included Republican-appointed justices. It could end the ability of colleges and universities, public and private, to do what most say they still need to do. Consider race as one of the many factors in deciding which of the qualified applicants is to be admitted. In the Harvard case, the court considered whether the schools discriminated against Asian American students in the admissions process. With University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, the court considered whether the school was using race-conscious admissions in a limited enough manner. The conservative activist group Students for Fair Admissions um, was behind both the Harvard and UNC cases. This comes less than a decade since the last time the court ruled on affirmative action in 2016. It ruled that colleges could consider race in admissions. Hmm. So, that's that. Um, mm-hmm. I don't. I mean. I don't, I don't feel great about this because obviously they're doing it for all the wrong reasons. And I think a big glaring thing here is they in no way commented on and they will in no way comment on or take any case challenging um, legacy admissions like, mm. you know, nepotism admissions, basically nepo babies like no. which are a pretty substantial, especially in Ivy League, can account uh, from between 30 to 50 percent of all admissions mm-hmm. are people whose parents went there before and they are otherwise not qualified to be in the university. Oh, no, but it's the affirmative action people that are getting an uh, unfair leg oh, it's up the bla- on. it's the black people. Yeah. It's, it's the black people. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing that I think it's going to, because they really all they ever wanted was, you know, like Harvard and places like that aren't actually institutions where you go to get an education, you go to network. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not, like... They're political whoever, institutions. Whoever goes there is not, like, actually receiving any sort of education. Like I mean, they're going they, to be... they are, but not a better education than any state school. No, no, no. Yeah, I mean, and um, it's going, it's more for the... Uh, make make uh, their political connections and business connections of and, the future. And people don't realize that. They're like, oh, so many brilliant people come out of Harvard. I'm like, no, 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 no. So many well-connected people come out of Harvard. There yeah. are brilliant people everywhere, but, you know, if you go to a, a state college and you have a brilliant invention, 
mm-hmm. but you do not have startup capital or the connections to make the, that startup capital, you're going to have to sell that invention and license it to someone. Whereas yeah. if you're well connected, you own that product outright. So no matter what, like people don't realize like the insane amounts of privilege people actually have and how they're actually like utilized and used and even weaponized mm-hmm. against other people. But um yeah, this this is not a good thing at all. Uh, one thing they definitely need to do more than anything, they needed more affor- affirmative action. They needed further laws on affirmative action to where uh, a certain amount of people under certain economic thresholds should be admitted. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that that's more important than race, but race is still important. Mm-hmm. You want a, you know, a diversity of folks and like, especially underrepresented classes. You need underrepresented classes in any institution of learning because otherwise you're just going to go there to do what you can do online, which is rote memory. You know, if you want people oh, yeah. to actually learn about other cultures and shit like that, you send them to a diverse university. Mm-hmm. So that's all fucked up. It's yeah. All fucked up. Yeah, I think, I think, yeah, it should be more, I mean, we should have more actual just colleges that, you know, just to kind of abolish this places like Ivy League institutions like Harvard and... <laughs> yeah, we, we, need, and, we need historically poor colleges. Yeah, I mean, education, I mean, education should just be free across the board. And because, oh, I mean, that's like, that's the first way of like, actually getting any sort of like you know equality of any kind and and also improve society it's proven to improve society as a whole anyway like you you have you have educated people who are who 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 are highly skilled who can enter the workforce like you just improve and so then we have like you know we just have the system specifically built for rich douchebags who just go into their parents companies who are who have very insane beliefs about how this how, how society works and just mm-hmm. enforce that through you know um um uh hegemony you know and just like you know the culture of hegemony and just like oh now we're going uh, er, er, like if i'm if i'm successful uh, the reason people are unsuccessful because they didn't they they uh they weren't as, uh didn't do the things i did that's why people are fucking up and that's why they're poor and stuff like that word and we just keep enforcing that, and we and we drive ourselves insane trying to achieve something that's completely impossible. And, and, and no one, and we just and we force people out of schools. You know, where less educated people are more likely to be taken advantage of, to be in low-paying positions, and, and it, basically work as slaves. It's insane because education is not expensive. Education mm-hmm. has never been expensive we have commodified it and made it expensive yeah you know how i know education isn't as expensive as we think it is Mm. cuba has per capita over five times as many doctors as the u.s Mm -hmm. greater literacy literacy rate too uh, kazakhstan has twice as many doctors per capita as the u.s Mm -hmm. what oh yeah what the fuck? What is that about? And it's, yeah. I mean, I mean, that a lot because, of that... Because, because there's a, you know, uh, a financial barrier to becoming a doctor. It is, yeah, there is. And the American... In this country, at least. The American Medical Association makes sure of that. 
mm-hmm. to to overinflate the value of doctors and yep. make it a private little club for people, mm-hmm. which is is, fu- is real fucked up. The whole doctor right. culture is completely fucked. And like, I know several doctors. Like my uh, brother's fiance is a doctor, and mm-hmm. she she is like so aware that it's fucked, but. Everyone who wants to be a doctor is so into chasing the money and the clout of being a doctor that they refuse to change it at all. Yeah. Like they're they're fine with torturing themselves for five, ten years of their life in order to be able to tell themselves that no one else can do it and no one else could be a doctor. Where mm-hmm. in other countries they don't have things like twenty four hour rotations where sometimes as a doctor you have to be up and on call for twenty four, thirty, forty eight hours, which will kill you as a person, you know? Slowly, but it'll kill you. Um, yeah. But but we're fine with that because it's a good way to yeah. gate gatekeep fucking stratification, you know? Keep our yeah. stratification. Doctors mm-hmm. gotta be rich. We can't go fucking giving free education and making doctors just upper middle class people. Mm-hmm. We can't do that. Doctors yeah, gotta make three hundred thousand dollars a year because it costs a hundred and fifty thousand dollars to become a doctor. Yeah. Gotta ha- gotta keep maintain maintain that maintain that uh that system because you know like oh i can't i can't make the things for the for the person below me easier like the next person and another thing that is infuriating about it too is that like half of a doctor's education is like actually being in residency right Mm -hmm. and so they're getting paid and doing a service while they're doing that and also their instructor is getting paid for doing a service while doing that Mm -hmm. so it's not like a regular classroom where like you know you're just spending money to learn you're you know getting paid to learn other people are paying for all of this and still they charge like insane amounts of money it's um our our whole medical system is so broken from the inside (laughs) out it's like a prolapsed anus that's never going back (laughs) in it's like a nope so the, this this pink sock is turning gray. It's been out for so long. <laughs> Speaking of uh, pink to gray, New York's ex-school food chief convicted in bribery case tied to disgusting chicken tenders. Here's a mm. here's a here's a good here's a fun story. It's, it's fun for you as a vegan because you're not yeah. gonna have to deal with this because all your food tastes like this. No, <laughs> I mean I think I I think when I was younger I heard a story about how. Uh, someone got like a cancerous tumor or something in their chicken patty and mm. and bit into it and i was like yep i'm done yeah <laughs> i don't know sounds pretty hot to me i've mas- yeah. <laughs> I masturbated to weirder things yeah <laughs> so uh this happened in new york a man who oversaw food service for new york city schools was convicted wednesday in a bribery case that picked apart how chicken tenders riddled with bro- bone and bits of metal were served for months in the nation's largest public school system Former City Department of Education official Eric Goldstein and three men who founded a school food vendor, Blaine Iller, Michael Turley, and Brian Toomey, were found guilty of bribery, conspiracy, and other charges after a month-long trial. It delved into school menus from yogurt parfait to ravioli, and the trial gave jurors a stomach-churning look at what some of the students—sorry, uh, what some of the students and school staffers encountered when a brand called. Chicken Topia turned up on their plates in 2016 and 2017. 
Chickentopia. Chickentopia. Quote, our chickly, or sorry, our children depended on nutritious meals served in schools and instead got substandard food products containing pieces of plastic, metal, and bones. The attorney general said in a statement Wednesday, he called the case a, quote, textbook example of choosing greed over children's well-being. Oh, that, that yes, the United States would never do that. No. <laughs> How? That's a, yeah. is, in fact, in our system, I'd say it's near impossible to do something like that. Mm-hmm. Our system is very well set up, and people there's don't. no in, there's no incentive to do the cheaper thing and keep the money. No, <laughs> it's like, no. Yeah. no. So, yeah. Goldstein's attorney Kanan Sundaram declined to comment. Messages seeking comment were sent to the city education department and to attorneys for the other men. The charges carry the potential of twenty years in prison. No date yet has been sent for sentencing. As head of the school system's Office of School Support Services from 2008 to 2018, Goldstein oversaw functions including the food service operation known as, get this, School Food. It's the <laughs> name of their school food operation. Pretty good. Um, uh, Eiler, Tomy, and Turley had a company, Soma Food Group, with its eye on the New York City school system. Soma was the drug in fucking Brave New World, wasn't it? Yeah, Soma was. That's a weird name to choose, unless you're drugging your food, and then that'd be cool. Putting, like, GHB or something, calm the kids down after lunch. Uh, the, the famous book, Don't Build the tor- tor- Torment Nexus. Ah, finally, we've built the Torment Nexus. It's the famous <laughs> book, Don't Build the Torment Nexus. <laughs> so, according to prosecutors, uh, the men paid thousands of dollars to Goldstein and his divorce lawyer as bribes. Meanwhile, Goldstein helped ensure that the school system bought Chickentopia items and other Soma products, sometimes on a fast track. In September 2016, Soma hit a snag. A school system employee choked on a bone in a supposedly boneless Chickentopia chicken tender and needed the Heimlich maneuver, according to documents presented at the trial. For a time, the school stopped serving the company's chicken tenders. They were allowed back two months later, a day after the Soma founders agreed to pay Goldstein $66,670 and gave him their shares of the beef business. Goldstein then <laughs> signed off on reintroducing Chicken Topia products, prosecutors said. The tenders reappeared on menus. So did complaints about foreign objects in them. School Food ultimately ditched Soma products in April of 2017, according to prosecutors. Goldstein testified that he couldn't single-handedly get a product purchase, saying that the, quote, heavily gated process could involve a dozen decision makers. Fast tracking didn't mean skipping steps, he said. He insisted that he was careful to separate his business work from his city work. What? (laughs) I always make sure that my Department of Education responsibilities came first, he told jurors. His defense rebuffed the argument that the payments from his beef business partners were bribes, saying the sums were for such things as reimbursing travel expenses. Whoa. Both of our computers are freaking out. Yeah, that that was my uh, that was my phone. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah, that was that was someone trying to call me on the telephone. Which is, <laughs> who the fuck is calling me at six forty p.m. on the telephone? Don't do that, anybody. <laughs> um. Oh well. So um, yeah, that's 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 pretty fun. That's just a microcosm of you know casual, you know, um, 
just just casual American business. Um, mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, where can that? You know, it's like choosing like the cheaper option. You know, like where can that go wrong? You know, it's yeah. not like there's like a guy building a sub who gets a PPP loan that's forgiven, and instead of using the full extent of the PPP loan to even like build a better sub, he he skips corners and pockets the rest of the money and you know what could go wrong <laughs> no no i mean you know the only the worst that can happen is you know you choke on a chicken bone right yeah you choke on a chicken bone you, you know. could possibly feed bones to children you know with their and they have like tiny esophaguses and <laughs> yeah. choke to death yeah. i don't know I, I feel like bones have a lot of nutrients probably right yeah probably calcium i guess yeah bones are what, they're i mean if you think about blood, it like so if you think about it like like bone marrow is a uh uh, fancy restaurant thing. That's like the it stuff is, that you get served is, in a Mich- yeah. in a five star Michelin restaurant. So really, five, they're giving these they're giving bone marrow to these kids. They're like five wow. Michelin stars now. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Aren't they four or five? Four? It's three. Three. three it's three. Three's the most. You can, no, three's the most you can get in Michelin. Hmm. Yeah, three, three per restaurant at least. Interesting. Yeah. Um. So, uh, here's here's a story that. So Bill Cosby sued by nine more women in Nevada for alleged decade-old sexual assaults. And we're going to take the alleged out of there because, come on, I'm I'm totally fine with uh, defaming Bill Cosby on here. He's a rapist. Yeah. No, not <laughs> uh, not alleged. Absolutely proven rapist. Take, yeah. Take, take me to court, old man. Take me it's to court, old he, man. It's crazy he had the, also did the Louis C.K. thing where... Like, you know, Louis C.K. was very open with his sex crimes and his mm-hmm. comedy acts before he was actually, con- or people even knew, or he was even convicted. Mm-hmm. And and you look back to old, like, Cosby skits, and he's, like, talking about slipping girls Spanish fly. And, oh, yeah, and especially like on uh, The Electric Company. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just uh, like, wow. He was, and that's exactly what he was doing the entire, for your, for decades. Yeah. Yeah, the the electric company was uh, very racy. He um, mm-hmm. always slipping things in uh, women's drinks on that yeah. cho- children's like program. Yeah, like he had multiple multiple jokes about slipping uh, women, uh, things in women's drinks. Cool. Nine more women are accusing Bill Cosby of sexual assault in an, a lawsuit that alleges he used his enormous power, fame, and prestige to victimize them. A lawsuit filed Wednesday in a federal court in Nevada alleges that the women were individually drugged and assaulted between approximately 1979 and 1992 in Las Vegas, Reno, and Lake Tahoe homes, dressing rooms, and hotels. One woman alleges that Cosby, claiming to be her acting mentor, lured her from New York to Nevada, where he drugged her in a hotel room with what he had claimed to be a non-alcoholic sparkling cider and then raped her. Jesus Christ. The 85-year-old former Cosby Show star has now been accused of rape, sexual assault, and sexual harassment by more than 60 women. He has denied all allegations involving sex crimes. He was the first celebrity tried and convicted in the Me Too era and spent nearly three years at a state prison near Philadelphia before a higher court threw out the conviction and released him in 2021. Earlier this year, a Los Angeles jury awarded half a million dollars to a woman who said Cosby sexually abused her at the Playboy Mansion when she was 16 in 1975. The Nevada lawsuit came only a few weeks after Governor Joe Lombardo signed a bill that eliminated a two-year deadline for adults to file sexual abuse cases. Similar suits have followed other look-back laws in other states. And also, like, whoever puts in a two-year deadline for sexual abuse cases is a fucking 
monster. Like, oh, absolutely. Like you're you're basically ensuring that like children will never get to bring their like abusers to justice that way. Mm. Like how many fucking you know like five year old, ten year old kids are going to the police with a packet full of evidence and shit? Come on. Yeah. Really. It's yeah. It's like it, like they can't. They have ever have any hope of ever. Like I mean, I, I feel that's kind of like baked in. It's like oh, that's or, by design. For sure. Yeah, for by that. design, yeah. So, um, one of the plaintiffs, uh, Luis Lubin, a Nevada native, uh, that's a lot of alliterations, had a advocated for the change. She had previously alleged that Cosby gave her spike drinks and raped her at a Las Vegas hotel in 1989. The Associated Press does not identify people who say they have been sexually assaulted unless they come forward publicly. Cool. Uh, for years now, uh, I have fought for survivors of sexual assault, and today is the first time I will be able to fight for myself, said uh, Lottie Lubin uh, in a statement cited by the Las Vegas Review Journal. Quote, with the new law change, I will have the ability to take my assailant Bill Cosby to court. My journey has just begun, and I am grateful for this opportunity to find justice. In California, a former Playboy model who alleges Cosby drugged and sexually assaulted her and another woman at his home in 1969 sued him on June 1st under a new California law that suspends the statute of limitations on sex abuse claims. Jesus Christ, how... Cosby is a fucking monster. Just kill this. Yeah. Someone needs to just kill this guy. It's crazy that he's even still... Yeah. He is, I mean, how old is he? He's still alive. 85. Wow. Yeah way too old to be alive still so mm -hmm. Cosby publicist Andrew Wyatt blasted such laws in a statement Wednesday alright Andrew Wyatt you need to quit your job or eat a gun mm -hmm. like that what you're doing is without honor entirely like you're a publicist you're, you're a publicist for a rapist Andrew Wyatt yeah I don't care <laughs> what fucking capitalism has forced you into. Mm. There's other ways. Yeah. Go work at a restaurant because what you're doing is wrong. Mm. You're defending a rapist for a living. You can literally choose to do anything else. <laughs> yeah. So he, he said, Andrew White said, quote, Mr. Cosby is a citizen of these United States, but these judges and their lawmakers are consistently allowing these civil suits to flood their dockets, knowing that these women are not fighting for victims, but for their addiction to massive amounts of media attention and greed. Okay. He continued, <laughs> he, con he continues... From this day forward, we will not continue to allow these women to parade various accounts of an alleged allegation against Mr. Cosby anymore without vetting them in the court of public opinion and inside of the courtroom. Yeah, guy, you lost the court of public opinion long ago. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, honestly, go to hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everything is fucked up about that. Um, Bill Cosby, you know, I don't believe in the death penalty, but I do believe in, in people killing people. Mm -hmm. You know, vigilante justice sometimes. And yeah. Bill Cosby, he's one of those people who needs to be killed. Oh, absolutely. I'm just going to, you know, he's, yeah. Needs, needs like to go. He's a bad one. He's one of the worst. Yeah, and you gotta wait for it for so long. Yep. Wild. 
All right, here's here's more fun news. Everyone loves this. Um, the Department of Justice has said it has charged 78 people with $2.5 billion in healthcare fraud as part of a coordinated crackdown. The DOJ said the defendants allegedly defrauded programs used to take care of elderly and disabled people, and in some cases used the ill-gotten money to buy exotic cars, jewelry, and yachts. Among those charged are 11 defendants accused of submitting $2 billion in fraudulent claims, an average of $180 million apiece. Through, tele- through telemedicine, as well as 10 defendants charged in connection with fraudulent prescription drug claims. <laughs> totaling about half a million dollars. Um, sorry, half a billion dollars. This is this is insane to me. Just the, yeah. how, how... I mean... Uh, 78 people, 2.5 billion. That's like... How... 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 How? How did that many people get away with this for so long? And that amount of money. So, among those charged are 11 defendants accused... Uh, we already we already got that. Now, that's actually pretty much the entire story. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's... Uh, um, executives of supposed software and services companies submitted $1.9 billion in fraudulent claims to Medicare for items that were not eligible for reimbursement, according to the DOJ. That's uh, that's that's pretty much all the information there is on this. Um, I like. It's interesting that there is very little information on it. <laughs> it is. It is, especially since you know this is. I mean, I mean, I guess they were just recently charged, so like all the the facts of the case aren't known quite yet. I'm sure, but um, that's a whole lot of fucking money to defraud the government. Yeah. Like. Yeah. And we wonder why our healthcare fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what would be like a lot more difficult to defraud is an entirely nationalized healthcare system. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's almost like having imagine. Yeah. Right. The taking away <laughs> the profit motive from medicine will stop corruption because mm-hmm. corruption is profiting. Weird. 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 Maybe. Maybe something. <laughs> All right, here's a fun, fun one. So, a python smuggler admitted guilt in an attempt to bring snakes into U.S. from Canada. Ah, yeah. So this uh, this one takes place in Albany, New York. So a Queens man pled guilty in federal court Wednesday in attempting to smuggle th- uh, three Burmese pythons into the United States uh, at the Champlain Fort of entry in 2018. Um, the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Northern District of New York announced. Uh, that man's name? Hulk Hogan, brother, with the 24-inch pythons! Not it was really. Hulk Hogan? No, it wasn't. I was making a joke because he, he always said he has 24-inch pythons. That would be funny, arms. though. Yeah. That would be interesting. That would be like... I, that would be like... Here's here's something something I would I I could foresee happening to the here, to Hulk here, Hogan. Here is something though. The guy who brought them in, his name, Batista. Not oh, 
not not the same one not the same batista not the wrestler yeah. batista but calvin batista 37 of richmond hill admitted that he smuggled three young adult pythons in plastic bags attached to his inner thigh while riding a bus that crossed into the u.s from canada um customs and border protection officers said they discovered the snakes while reviewing batista's passport and conducting a search batista did not have the permits required to import the three snakes quote as their name suggests burmese pythons are not native to north america said the u.s attorney's <laughs> office uh pythons can grow up to 18 feet long uh these varieties especially and are considered an invasive species Batista is scheduled to be sentenced on October 26th before District uh, Judge Lawrence Kahn. Kahn! Kahn! And faces a maximum of 20 years in prison and a fine of up to $250,000. Hmm. Yep. Um, calls and emails to a spokesperson for the U.S. Attorney's Office seeking additional clarification on what Batista had planned to do with the Pythons and why the case took serpentine five-year route through the federal court system were not immediately returned. So that is weird. That, and I did like that they said serpentine. That was a very, mm-hmm. very good serpentine. Jo- very good joke, newscast, news guy, <laughs> news writer, journalist, <laughs> whatever your name is. Um, yeah. That was a fun, uh, kind of fun slice of life there. Yeah, like a little, little, a little goofy one. Yeah, little, little goofy shoes. We, we love a goofy shoes. So yeah, we love a, li- li- I love a tale of goofy shoes. Here's here's some real goofy shoes. Here's the clown shoesest thing I read read all week. A British man, of course, it was a British man. Of course, a British man on holiday with his family in Jamaica died after attempting to partake in a challenge that involved drinking all 21 cocktails featured on the bar's menu. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, this is so cool. Uh, (laughs) Timothy Southern, uh, 53, from Staffordshire in England's West Midlands, had finished 12 of the uh, cocktails when he returned to his hotel room at the Royal de Cameron Club Caribbean in St. Anne, where he later died. He barely made it through half those fucking drinks. Yeah, I mean, I imagine that's probably pretty serious uh, alcohol. Yeah, a a pathologist in Kingston said Mr. Southern's case of death was acute gastroenteritis due to alcohol consumption. Okay. Hmm. Uh, Staffordshire area coroner Emma Sereno ruled his death was alcohol-related. No shit. (laughs) <laughs> An initial investigation into Mr. Southern's death found that he had been drinking brandy and beer throughout the morning. So this wasn't his first drink. Yeah, I mean, I imagine it has to be like a full day thing. Yeah. At some point during the day, Mr. Southern met two Canadian women celebrating a birthday. Uh, the women told him they were trying to compete, complete the 21 cocktail challenge before midnight as part of their own festivities. It was not immediately clear how quickly Mr. Southern consumed the 12 cocktails uh and uh let's see i can uh i can tell you some of these here we got uh we got a something called the kenny rogers which is strawberry syrup and uh uh peroni i think got a mango slush which is lime juice mango a dash of sugar syrup and crushed ice i don't know what else is in there we got a jamaican sunset which is like uh, apple, amaretto, pineapple, and strawberry. Sex on the beach, Jamaica jump-ups, sweet dreams, the jam-down special, 
Quite Pool Swim, uh, Island in the Sun, Pineapple Slush, The Banana Shake, The Banana Slush, um, Vacation Memory, Moonlight Walk, Coconut Sea Breeze, Coconut Colada, Forget Me Not, Frozen Twister, Pregnant Lady, and Milkshake. Hmm. Yeah. You know what? You know, like, I feel bad for that guy, but I could do that. Yeah. I feel I could do that challenge. Yeah, I don't even drink anymore, and I think I could do that. Yeah. I mean, no, I, like, I, I take that back. I know I could do that. <laughs> I have, I've, I've probably, like, done double that in a day before. Like, my mm. liver is pathetically strong, and it's bad for my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, you know, rest in peace, but... Not me. <laughs> mm-hmm. So his family members, who were on the trip with him, said they tried in vain to help him. Quote, He was on his back choking. I put him in the recovery position and screamed for an ambulance. He was making a gurgling sound. As soon he, as he was in the recovery position, he vomited. I was shouting his name to no response. That's fucked up. Yeah. Um, his family has since expressed outrage and dissatisfaction with the emergency crews who tried to save him in his hotel, claiming they were unprepared to effectively take care of him, saying, quote, when the nurse arrived, I had, I, I said, had an ambulance been called? And she said, no, I thought she would take over, but that was not the case. I noticed he was starting to lose temperature. I checked his pulse and couldn't find it. A relative said. She said he had a pulse. I was starting to lose it. I got a full look at his face, and I thought he had passed away. The relative claimed that the nurse was not adequately trained in providing life-saving measures. Quote, I said, don't just sit there looking at him. Start CPR. She only just don't g- sit there. Eat it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right? It ain't going to eat itself. It ain't not going to eat itself. Uh, uh, she only gave chest compressions. Maybe if she had known what she was doing... Maybe he would still be here. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Let's go ahead and blame it on the nurse. Yeah, yeah that's, was, a good, that's a good choice. Yeah, not your shitty British dad. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> like, let's let's be honest. It was probably probably a good thing. Probably the booze. No, it was, yeah, prob- I mean, it was, it, it was probably a good thing. Like, it's it was probably like, a good thing. A, a, a drunk British tourist who like takes like fucking like drinking as a a, a a challenge um kind of the guy kind of the type of guy i'd like to see not exist in this world yeah i don't know about you i don't i don't know if we need those yeah one less british person in jamaica of all places exactly exactly like why are you even going to jamaica they especially don't want you there buddy no 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 white people in general but especially not a British, <laughs> I go a Jamaica, go a Kingston, how do a cocktail challenge? <laughs> Shut up. Shut up and die. I mean, they probably poisoned his drinks. One would hope. One would hope. I mean, alcohol <laughs> is poison, so his drinks mm-hmm. were poisoned. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not in a, like a Bill Cosby way, though. <laughs> That'd be interesting if he met if like Bill Cosby was there and like hitting on the the two Canadian women. <laughs> that'd be a that'd be a good buddy comedy, right? Um, oh yeah, yeah, like like uh, British man and Bill Cosby drinking themselves to death. One would hope. like someone s- someone drugs Bill Cosby's drink. Yeah, they ju- <laughs> they they just switch each other's drinks and they both die still. 
Mm-hmm. I'd like that. So let's close out the news today with uh, yeah. so, something that might not be really considered news, but an official report just came down the pipeline three days ago. So um, this article is from the AP titled Misconduct by Federal Jail Guards Led to Jeffrey Epstein's Suicide, Justice Department Watchdog Says. Hmm. This uh, this article is written by Michael R. Sisak, Sisak and Lindsay Whitehurst. So, Jeffrey Epstein was left alone in his jail cell with a surplus of bed linens the night he killed himself. Nearly all the surveillance cameras on his un- unit didn't record. One worker was on duty for 24 hours straight, and despite his high profile and a suicide attempt two weeks earlier, he wasn't checked on regularly as required. The Justice Department's watchdog said Tuesday that a combination of negligence, misconduct, and outright job performance failures by the Federal Bureau of Prisons and workers at the New York City jail enabled the wealthy financier to take his own life in August of 2019, finding no evidence of foul play. Inspector General Michael Horowitz blamed numerous factors for Epstein's death, including the jail's failure to assign him a cellmate and overworked guards who lied on logs after failing to make regular checks. Had the guards done so, Horowitz said, they would have found Epstein had excess linens, which he used in his suicide. Like, yeah, like, like, like he, if he had a less bedsheet, he couldn't have killed himself. Mm-hmm. Like, like it, it was, it was their fault for giving him one more bedsheet. <laughs> okay, so uh, the failures are deeply... Found suspect. Yes. Uh, the failures are deeply troubling, not only because they allowed Epstein's suicide, but they also because they, quote, led to questions about the circumstances surrounding Epstein's death and effectively deprived Epstein's numerous victims of the opportunity to seek justice. Oh, that's oh, that's almost the best the outcome was supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. Like, <laughs> oh no, we're never going to get any answers about what Jeffrey Epstein was doing. Oh, we can't. We can't. Shucks. Sue the, find, we can't sue the people that actually did the abuse. <laughs> oh, shucks, shucks, shucks. Can't hold them accountable. Wow, that's sad. Oh man, Bill Gates. Anyway, must, Bill Gates must be so unhappy today. Yeah, like, I know. Oh no, they'll never be brought to justice. Aww, Whatever shut. will I do? Oh no. <laughs> they'll never find out. Um, yes. So, Horowitz's investigation, the last of several official inquiries in Epstein's death, echoed previous findings that some members of the jail staff involved in guarding Epstein were overworked. He identified 13 employees with performance failures and recommended possible criminal charges against four workers. Only the two workers assigned to guard Epstein the night he died were charged, avoiding jail time in a plea deal after admitting to falsifying logs. Horowitz's report also revealed new details about Epstein's behavior in the days before his death, including that he signed a new last will and testament while meeting with his lawyers two days before he was found unresponsive in a cell the morning of August 10th, 2019. Oh, it's almost the anniversary, almost four years. It's getting there. Uh, time flies. Yeah, right. Uh, jail officials did not know about the new will until after Epstein's death. Few of the cameras in the area where Epstein were housed were making recordings of the images they captured due to a mechanical failure July 29th. So they were out for 11 days at this point. <laughs> the prison had contracted for a camera system upgrade three years before his death, but it had not been completed in part due to serious staffing shortages. 
what do you mean serious staffing short? Who's installing your new camera system? Your jail mm -hmm. guards? Yeah. People on the corrections payroll? Why? Mm -hmm. Why don't you get a company to do that? What is this? <laughs> Who's running this fly-by-night operation? This is a real jail. Yeah. Anyway, um, meanwhile, Epstein was alone at the night of his death. Even though the prison's psychology department had informed 70 employees that he needed to be with a cellmate after his previous suicide attempt in July, his cellmate was nevertheless transferred a day prior with no action taken to replace him. Weird. Very strange. He was also allowed an unmonitored personal phone call that night. Um... They just were just like, uh, I gotta take the L on this. <laughs> yeah, and, he, uh, and then the next day he was found dead. A violation of BOP policy. <laughs> Horowitz's reported, uh, report highlighted some of the many problems plaguing the Bureau of Prisons, many of which have been exposed by the AP. The agency, uh, the Justice Department's largest, with more than 30,000 employees, 158,000 inmates and an annual budget of $8 billion is plagued by severe staffing shortages, staff sexual abuse, and criminal conduct, among other issues. The agency said it will review video to ensure correctional officers are making the proper rounds in restrictive housing and will require more paperwork when prisoners are kept alone in cells. A warden must now be notified when someone is placed on suicide watch, the agency said. It is also requiring specialized training on suicide prevention. More training. I mean, this is all, this More, is all bullshit. It is. It's complete it, bullshit it, because, it, because it, it attacks nothing, none of the problems. Like, yeah, fucking like specialized training on suicide prevention? These guys were asleep and they faked logs. Yeah, also, yeah, like, none of, none of these guys, like, none of that stuff was things that led to his suicide. It wasn't like there was, like, all these failures and, like, and their jobs. Mm -hmm. This was an intentional thing that he was murdered in his cell. Like it's not like <laughs> this is this this is the outcome they wanted. It's there's no one like it's not because like there was like a failure in and in their systems at all. Right. It's uh it's all fucked up. Yeah. Anyway, um the Bureau of Prisons said it accepted all eight of Horowitz's recommendations, has updated suicide watch process, and will apply other lessons learned to the broader BOP correctional landscape. Um, Horowitz, uh, no. The AT obtained more than 4,000 pages of documents related to Epstein's death from the Federal Bureau of Prisons under the Freedom of Information Act. The documents, including a reconstruction of events leading to Epstein's suicide, internal reports, emails, memos, and other records, underscored how short staffing and corner cutting contributed to Epstein's death. Um, oops. Boom. Epstein spent 36 days at the now-shuttered Metropolitan Correctional Center. Two weeks before his death, he was placed on suicide watch for 31 hours after what jail officials said was a suicide attempt that left his neck bruised and scraped 31 hours less than two <laughs> days is all you give him for suicide watch after that all right the workers tasked with guarding epstein the night he died were working overtime one of them not normally assigned to guard prisoners was working a fifth straight day of overtime 
The other was working mandatory overtime, which meant a second eight-hour shift in one day. Hmm. Yep. It's all fucked up. Yeah. Everything's fucked up. But again, like, none of that is what led to his suicide. <laughs> no, no, that was, that was him uh, killing it was, himself. It was the intention of the people in charge who wanted uh, him to not, not, not rat on him. Yeah, I think I think they were more than okay with this outcome. Oh yeah, yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good place to leave it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You got anything else to say? Nah. Uh, nah. Cool. Well, thanks for hanging with the Soyagers. Uh. Mm. Yep. That's it. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.